Well, welcome. I hope that you were uh, encouraged by doing your SMILES program and you've got through at least the survival aspect of it. What we're going to be moving on to now is honesty assessments because I believe that as you're moving through this program and you're becoming more and more accountable, we need to understand on what realms we're talking about accountability. And uh, for me, I'd always looked at that as, you know, if you're accountable, then it's money in the bank. That was the only tangible thing that I could really understand was going to give me, um, you know, an outward key performance indicator that was going to show me whether or not I was successful or not. And oh, how on the wrong track that I was. Um, because as our money was increasing but my joy or my happiness meter was decreasing or my fun factor was decreasing, I went into this spiral of absolute resentment for a period of time and it probably lasted seven or eight months of where for me I really started to question the path that I was on and whether or not that I was climbing the right ladder to success because the view that I was seeing was not one that um, truly excited me or, or brought me too much inner peace and happiness. And so as a couple, I found that uh, you know I really needed to stop and assess a few different aspects of um, you know where I was at and what was important for me. And it started this process of really redefining what success was. And so this week what I'd like to do is just take you through and hopefully fast track um, this area so that you can always come back to it if you need it um, because it mightn't be where you're at right now. You might be feeling really optimistic and that's great because we can just take the positive aspects of everything that we're going to talk about and make sure that you stay positive and stay on track. Alternatively, if this is pushing up a lot of doubt or fear uh, for somebody within the relationship, then maybe these tools can be of help. And so the first thing that, um, that I really needed to look at was my motivation. Was I internally motivated to achieve my goals or was it external motivation? And uh, you know, intrinsic or external, however you want to think about it, um, is basically our key to be able to switching ourselves back on. If you're internally motivated, then it has to come from an internal source of where success is within you that is going to have to spark or ignite to be able to get that passion back uh, to move towards your goals. Whereas if you're externally motivated, then um, generally we can find somebody external to you to be able to tap in and to connect with what it is that you're wanting. So in terms of the accountability side of things and getting an honest assessment, I would go and, um, and talk to um, people that would uh, reassure me that I was absolutely on track and that you know I was doing everything that I needed to do. But internally, I wasn't feeling congruent. Um, and that stemmed, I guess, from how my personality um, is. And so each of us are unique, but it didn't, never helped with getting the external honesty assessment because internally it felt that I was failing. And so there needed to be some adjustments that needed to occur within myself to be able to start to accept the journey that I was on at the pace that it was happening. You see, for me, internally, it was never fast enough. If I made a decision, then I needed the result immediately. And so that was causing a lot of internal pressure because it just simply wasn't realistic. Um, it was very challenging to be able to live with and certainly that adrenaline wasn't going to help within my body. 
Um, so I had a whole team of people really helping to gauge um, what was actually occurring internally and so I had to go from having external coaches that were very much around uh, business coaching and accountants and solicitors uh, giving me structure to start to use a whole bunch of coaches that were much more um, based around um, connecting me to me. So I used um, Reiki, I used um, kinesiology, uh, craniosacral therapy, lots of things to start to get my body to align with the direction that I was wanting to head in. Now that was very foreign to me, um, coming from a family that um, had never ever gone down an alternative path of health. Um, I'd never even been to a chiropractor until I was, you know, 29 years, years of age, never knew what they did, had a lot of natural fear of all of those types of modalities because I didn't understand them. And so for me it was more about tapping into what my mentors and my teachers were doing to align for themselves and then through personal um, referral just meeting some of these people and finding out what they did. Uh, that obviously opened up a huge um, uh, well of knowledge uh, for me and I started business coaching people within those modalities and so in those following years I called it the freaky trail I started to really not only understand but have um, absolute belief due to my own personal experience of the power that can happen when you're internally motivated or intrinsically motivated because you understand for yourself what is your potential and what it is that you desire and you can feel when you're aligned and just as like you can feel when you're not aligned. So for me one of my honesty assessments had to come from me. Okay so how was I feeling in terms of how on track was I to get to my goals that I had set out based on that SMILES program and that in itself was a real journey as I said. There was a couple of other um, things that I needed in terms of honesty assessment was was I achieving the tasks simply so that I could tick them off a list or was it truly impacting the people that were in my life and so once again that part of the journey of um, being honest and doing an assessment about that was you know for who am I doing this for and you know so often it was for others it was never for myself and so you know I needed to really be honest around that is why had I put certain people within my life ahead of me and if I continued to do that what natural consequence was that going to have or repercussion was that going to have in my life and I just um, encourage that if you can get really honest about this up front it might fast track your results because um, working externally motivated for others meant that my burnout factor when it came lasted for a long period of time I mean seven months mightn't feel like a long period of time but for someone who was used to achieving every quarterly goal you know on time every time um, to go through two quarters where I literally I, I just couldn't even um, put the structure together let alone um, fulfill the goal because I had burnt out every adrenaline um, worked on serotonin for too long and just needed to really recoup and get my energy sources back to me and that needn't have happened had I understood these tools really clearly and so when I sat with clients in that period of time I really connected with them and, and their why why is it important that you achieve those goals based on material who is who is going to be proud of you when you do that and how will they show 
um, their recognition of you um, for achieving those goals. I had a couple of clients who wanted to be in the BRW you know, rich list um, and that was, a, that was a goal for them. Now you can see that that's externally motivated because you can't control what happens with the other BRW entrepreneurs in that year. So if you've set a goal to be in the top 100 and you're 101, you failed in your goal, technically, because you didn't know that those extra people were going to pop up. However, if you have achieved internally what you would deem as success, then that should be more fulfilling. So when we're chasing goals that are internally motivated and they're for ourselves to feel a sense of achievement and to be able to grant ourselves you know, that accomplishment, then we start to realise that you know, on what level of values are we playing. And so when we look at the base of our values or where we source our, uh, our energy from for our goals, we need to honestly have a look at where we're being fueled from. And I was talking about this in the empowerment program a little while ago and it really struck me as, um, as incredible that I'd not put these pieces together before. But you know, when we first start out in life, we get our source of energy or our empowerment from really our family, don't we? Where we belong, the community in which we're, we're brought up from. And so it's in those first formative years, those first two years to seven that we're completely imprinted for life. And how important is it that we actually encourage children to be intrinsically motivated towards their success. And so, you know, deliberately with our children, we've got a three and a two-year-old at the moment, is, um, is trying to really not get them to compete all the time or to eat that to get a reward or, or you know, if you do this, then you get something because you're setting people up then to not do things based on their internal motivations but sitting and having a proper discussion which is what would the benefits be if you did put your shoes on before you went out to play in the winter you know why, why would that be good for you and what's the long-term result for that now with a three-year-old that can be a very long debate however what was important was that we were understanding that it wasn't based on threats and we were starting to get their thought processes right so that after a period of time when they're going out with friends they'd say I'll just put my shoes on that's a decision they're making for themselves, um, is far more empowering um, than only doing things when they have to do things or they're rewarded to do things. And yet as an adult, how often was I waiting for my reward before I'd do something or I was waiting for external recognition um, when I'd done anything. And so, you know, we're all different in our personalities, as I said. It's not a bad thing to want to have recognition and significance um, around your success. What matters though, if you can't get motivated to achieve those things without it? And certainly that was, um, you know, when I was burnt out was, was what was occurring. And so if we look at our honesty meter around task versus people, if we just literally are doing these tasks to tick them off but we're not stopping to smell the roses as we go and reward ourselves, well then you're going to have a lifetime of, of lists to do before you're going to relax and give yourself any time to really enjoy it. And, uh, and so that analogy of you know, running through life with armfuls and armfuls of roses but you've never stopped to appreciate one of them, um, that can lead to um, a fairly shallow uh, or two-dimensional life. So very important just to recognise honestly if that's something that uh, has challenged you. What about on a different continuum? Outgoing versus reserved. So 
In your thinking, when you do your goal setting, is it that you have a thought and you write it down and that's what you must achieve? Or do you have a thought and then you sit with it and you mull it over for a period of time and you see how it feels to you after a period of time, whether or not it's still important? Well, certainly for me, um, I found that, you know, Kent and I are complete opposite. So he would, you know, hesitate from writing a goal because once it was written, it would mean that he would need to commit to those action steps and that frightened him. Whereas for me, I'd write absolutely everything down and even if life circumstances changed and that goal wasn't realistic, I still had to achieve it because it had been written down. So two very faulty models, I believe. Um, however, um, just realistically or honestly, that's where we were at. And so it's important to understand what the purpose of writing down the goals are. And honestly, whether you achieve the goal or you don't achieve the goal is irrelevant. It's how you act and react around a goal that will give you that, um, I guess, that progressive accountability of wisdom. And so for me, when things don't go exactly to plan anymore, it doesn't bring up any psychological stress whatsoever because I understand that, well, maybe things are going to play out a little bit differently along a different timeline for whatever greater reason and I'll be able to look back and say, gee, that's interesting, that needed to happen to knock me on over here. And so it's with greater awareness that I set my goals now. So just understand for both of you, when you're sitting down and, and honestly having a look at what's happening within the goals, one of you might be more outgoing meaning that well, you've written that down but you haven't achieved it. In fact, you've written down 10 goals and you've never achieved any of them. By having those conversations or going down that path, you might prevent that person from ever writing down a goal ever again. Alternatively, if you jibe or are sarcastic to somebody, say, well, you always write down things and I halve them because you're never going to achieve what you say and I never expect you to achieve what it is that you say, can be very, very damaging also. And remember, we all have different personality types. So it's just important to be honest, you know, I know that if I don't write things down that are shooting for 100% success, I'd never get the 70%, which actually puts me in the top 1% of people anyway. So for me, it's important to stretch as far as I can to then achieve 70% of that to feel internally satisfied. That's just my way. Everyone has a different way. Some people will write down a goal that really is using 50% of their energy and they achieve 70%. They strive past that and that gives them internal satisfaction. It's not about anybody else. You're unique and you'll goal set the way that you need to goal set and you will have your accountability. However, you need to have that whether it is internal or external, outgoing or reserved, task or people. But these are some of the measures that really, for me, as I was moving along, um, really interested me. The other one we touched on was the fun factor. You know, how much fun are you currently having if you had to rank yourself out of 10? And then split it. Are you fun to live with? How much fun are you to live with versus how much fun are you to work with? And which area really needs to be tidied up? And so, you know, I would find that, you know, if the joy wasn't in the house, I didn't want to be there. It was repellent to me because I'm a very fun-loving, casual, you know, if let's do something spontaneous person. And I've married someone who's an absolute perfectionist who likes things in structure and order. And so, you know, there'd be some clashing energy there when we were planning an exciting day. And so what's important is just to understand, you know, that we need to compromise on both levels.
okay so I needed to start to have a bit more structure and planning and organization if I wanted to create the perfect day um, and Kent had to pull in a, be a little bit more spontaneous and we've been able to master that really well so 10 years of marriage has really proven that um, as we've moved ahead in our communication we're a lot more honest with each other um, but also we're able to accept each other a lot more and work together to each other's strengths Alright, so if we're packing the car, I'm not the one that does all the detailed packing um, because generally I will forget one, maybe four, maybe all of the items. <laughs> so it's understanding how to learn how to laugh at yourself and you know, life wasn't meant to be hard. You put together for a reason, you're going to have different strengths without a doubt. We also find that there was um, cycles of energy that we would go through where sometimes as a couple we were very synergistic and other times we were repelling each other. And we needed to honestly describe that, what that felt like. Now, for some people, um, that is quite a daunting conversation. For me, it was quite normal to be able to say, gee, every time I'm near you, I'm getting anxious, or every time I'm near you, it's bringing up feelings of real anger or resentment, or, you know, I'm very calm when you're not near me. <laughs> as soon as you're near me, this is what my reaction is. Because if it wasn't stemming when we weren't together, then it was certainly a dynamic that was happening, um, you know, between us. And, you know, if you're to stay married and you're to stay together, it's important that you have these discussions with open honesty to be able to be interested or intrigued to see what's happening for the other person. And so that period of time would last maybe anywhere up to 90 days where we just found that in those 90 days, it was better that we just went about our individual projects because we would have more energy apart than we would have together. We both worked internally to work out why this was happening and if there was a bigger reason around what was happening, but we never blamed the other person. We were just interested in the knock-on effects that they were having. So we just called it a growth phase. We were both in a growth phase at the same time, but we were growing in different directions and therefore our energy was having knock-on effects. Now when we became synergistic again, and we worked a lot with a kinesiologist in this area, was um, you know to bring that um, that synergy back into our relationship you could physically feel it um, we wanted to hang out together we wanted to create together we wanted to develop ideas together we wanted to work on projects together um, it was completely different energy and so you know for me I understand that if we're all circling upwards you know on some type of a uh, learning curve then there's going to be times when you know one of us is day and the other one is night and every time that energy clashes, then you're going to have a repercussion of that. It's, it's just not working. And so instead of trying to fight that energy, we would try to work with that energy. And um, yes, that certainly was our growth time where we would have, you know, very clear discussions on where the other person perhaps could learn how to improve or to grow. And that's normal in any relationship. But if it was based on what I'm honestly feeling, now we started to introduce what's called a whiffle that I learned through Action Coach um, you know, at the dinner table because we wanted to let the children know that it was normal to experience all different types of emotions. And once children get to two or three years old, they're being imprinted, they understand emotion. 
And so we started to have these um, these open discussions called Wiffles, what I feel like expressing. And, you know, we would express all of the different types of emotions. You know, mummy feels quite stressed um, that she has lots of things to achieve this week and therefore is so grateful that you, you know, bathed and got yourself um, all ready in your pyjamas to go to bed last night. Thank you so much for also playing with Joshy this morning while mummy checked her emails. Um, hopefully this pressure will, you know, be only an extra couple of days and then mummy will be back to normal normal and we started to really um, you know allow the kids to have their space where they would just talk now it was interesting because we <laughs> they never really followed any kind of structure or pattern or we never really knew what was going to happen but it allowed them to start to get the feeling that they had the floor to be open to say whatever it was that they wanted and it was perfectly accepted and at the end of that we say thank you whoever it was thank you Michaela and then Joshy's turn and Joshy's only two so he doesn't know what he's meant to be doing but he just throws it back to somebody else and that's funny too so you know start to create an atmosphere within your relationship and and if you don't have children yet even better to start to have these whiffles where it's an open honest communication space that you can start to um, discuss whatever feelings whatever's going on emotionally for you in in a above the line kind of way like I am feeling this and I you're not there to blame anybody else um, just to experience whatever emotions are happening or feeling and and that really moved us very very quickly through that period of time so I had a, a brother ring me to say that um, you know he felt that one of his children was getting bullied at school and was there anything that I could think of that they might try and um, I talked about doing a whiffle and he he was like wow I hadn't even thought of that we always say what was the best thing that happened in our day so it's almost as if he was um, you know saying or acknowledging that it's only, we only want to hear the good news and children are going to have ups and downs just as we have ups and downs and so give them a place that's safe where they're allowed to come and express that otherwise they will internalize it and um, she was getting lots of tummy upsets and and wasn't going to school and so give people an outlet to be able to talk um, clearly and honestly in and certainly do you have a place where you can go um, do you have friends do you have colleagues do you have somebody a coach or somebody that you can um, be really honest with so that you're not always just trying to keep up the social aspect of things but you have a group of friends or, or people that you can confide in and say this is what's going on for me and that is the the final piece of advice that I give you is that you know as I spoke with other wives other mothers I found that what I was experiencing was very normal um, there were other coping mechanisms other things that other women did uh, there was also a lot of victims out there <laughs> that would tell me all sorts of stories of I just do this or this is how I sabotage that or or whatever and which was very surprising and so I learned that actually comparatively we were on the right track we were doing all the right things and that made me feel really great I also got really clear that it was okay just to be me that I didn't need to pretend to be anyone else what was happening in my experience was my experience and I didn't need to change it or distort it to make it look any different than it needed to be and so as soon as that internal and external started to become more congruent that's when the peace started to come and the fun factor went up I got more clarity about who I was and what I required and wanted from my goals 
And so within our relationship we found that the rocky times were few and far between. And in fact a lot of people then started coming in and talking to us as a couple that they had placed as mentors or on a pedestal to say can you start to teach us what it is that you've got because it's not like that for us. We go home, we're fighting all the time, I'm resentful of him or you know she's this or doing that or we're, we're not heading towards our goals. Um, and that really prompted me to you know to do this whole program is that how do you know if you're on track? How do you know if you're moving forward? Well it can't be based on what anybody else thinks is success for you because your background's your background, your parents were your parents, your siblings were your siblings, you've each come from completely different backgrounds and now you're trying to align and redefine what is success in your future. Uh, that takes time and that's certainly a work in progress all of the time and I'm no master in this subject, I just know that for me it's a real burning desire to become a master and so therefore by teaching it I'm always aware of how to improve it within my own relationship and for my children and my life. Obviously having parents that have been uh, married for more than you know 45 years um, I have incredible mentors in this area of learning how to communicate and to forgive each other and to give each other a blank slate and I believe that um, as we become more and more accountable and we start to use these tools that's what is going to be the thing that is really going to pull you through is allowing the other person to make mistakes and not then bringing up those mistakes over and over again. Um, just acknowledging that wow okay yes I forgive you um, and really then wiping that slate clean to allow the person to behave in a different manner next time and then recognizing that behavior and rewarding that behavior and that is certainly basic psychology and yet it is so so effective with children as well as in our relationships and in our businesses that we can really start to allow people to um, experience what the feeling of forgiveness is and compassion is and so they can become better. So I hope that's given some clarity on, on honestly what, what I've done um, to be able to get through those, those rockier times. Um, you know, I'll finish with you know, the, the final one that I thought of was am I motivated by my public image or am I motivated by my private image? You know, what other people see for me in public is nowhere near as important as how it feels in private. And so, you know, for me it's always been about having a safe haven at home to be able to work in and to be able to feel safe to go home to. And so that was something I was never willing to compromise. Um, it was never about keeping up with the Joneses, it was never about, you know, um, comparing what others had to what I wanted or, or to have a facade and to look good but not feel good. Um, and certainly I have met couples where they have all the outside trappings of um, true love and success and yet things are crumbling on the inside. And so I just really encourage you to decide what's more important is your public image as a couple or your private image and, um, and balance those two up so that they're congruent as, as quick as possible because I know certainly for me that um, that was different for Kent than it was for me and um, it was always for me the persona that my children would see when our guard was down and when we were at home together. That's what I valued because that's what I had as a child. So have a think about what's important for you based on those examples and stories and I hope we've gained some clarity for you this week and look forward to connecting again next week. Have a great one. Bye for now.